This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. been discussing for the last weeks now the fruitful life and what it means to live the life that God's called us to live. We've talked very thoroughly through the the thought that we live a life that is rooted in faith. We live a life where we're a faith-filled people. And we've talked about through numerous discussions through different portions of Scripture that God's calling us and He's pushing us to something deeper. He's pushing us to, to move this, this faith that we have to be produced now in works, to be produced now in fruit, that our faith would be evident by the life that we've lived. And, and we've talked through Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. We've talked through them numerous times. And we've been in this, this series of conversations where we have discussed each one of the characteristics of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that Paul describes in detail. And this morning we're to the point that we're discussing the faithfulness that Paul would want us to have when he discusses the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He says that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life. He says love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering, as the New King James puts, puts it, um, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says against these things there is no law. So we look at faithfulness and we understand that God is so easy for us to sing, great is thy faithfulness, for us to tell the Lord, Lord, you're faithful. God, God, you're a faithful God. Lord, we believe that you're a faithful God. It's easy for us to build our faith on the idea that God is faithful. But what what we don't always look at, and it's so easy for us to kind of lose the thought and lose our way, is the, the true definition or the true fact that faithfulness defines who God is. And most of these characteristics of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, as we've discussed them, we actually have said that many of them are truly just a definition of God. We talked about the goodness of the Lord, and goodness could simply be uh, changed out with godness. And for something to be truly good, it has to be of God. And God literally is goodness. So this is no different. We can simply say that to understand true faithfulness, to understand what it truly means to be faithful, that is what defines God. You can look at it from the beginning in creation. You can look all around you. We spent some time at the beach uh, the, the latter part of this week, and I watched the waves roll in, and they never stopped. Did you know that? They don't stop. One after another. It may get calm for a minute, but the waves don't stop. Because there's life within the sea that depends on those waves to continue to roll. The tides would fall, and it's, it's very interesting, the little place that, that we go and, and spend some time occasionally, the tides are drastic. And you can get there at one point in the day, and you look out at the poles at the dock, and it's like the black barnacles and stuff are, are literally as tall, if not taller, than the chair rail out of the water. 
You see islands that don't exist any other time. You see islands that are not there. But within just a few hours, all of a sudden the water level rises and what those black poles are now covered up and those islands are now underwater and the tides, they rise and they fall constantly because God is faithful. He created them. There's, there's no failure in the tides rising and the falling. Do you see what I'm saying? The, the faithfulness of God is evident and maybe it's silly to think about, but who God is is evident even in his creation. The scripture teaches us that he created uh, through his faithfulness. So we look at at different things, different parts of creations. We look at the seasons. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the 90-degree weather. I'm ready for the season of fall to sink in. I'm ready for it to cool down. And I know that season's coming. It came for ever before and it's going to come forever behind as long as this earth still exists the way it is the seasons are going to change times are going to roll forward because God created us in this faithfulness he created us in who he is he never fails that season's going to roll around over and over and over because the faithful God created it you with me you sure Psalm 89 verses 1 and 2 says, I'll sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I'll make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. Faithfulness not only exists here on earth, but it exists in the heavens. Everywhere that God is, is faithfulness. Faithfulness is everywhere. He says that, that, that writer says, with my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. God gives us a charge to make known his faithfulness. How often are we declaring the faithfulness of God? It's so easy for us to say, I told you last week, we'll, we'll say, absolutely, God is good, and God is good all the time. And we'll say, God is love, and God loves you. It's so easy to look at somebody and say, Jesus loves you. When was the last time you looked at him and said, God is faithful to you? You don't typically say that right? It's not a normal phrase that rolls out of our mouth. But Paul says that the fruitful life of the Holy Spirit, it just as much as it produces this, this fruit that looks like love, produces this love that looks like faithfulness. So why is th- that not rolling out of our mouth that, that just like God is good and God is love and, and God gives this joy, God is joy, why would it not roll out God is faithful? So many times, more times than not, I need to know that God's faithful to me more so than he even loves me. I know God loves me. I know that God sent his only son to die on a cross to to die for me, that I could be free. I know that he did it out of love. But more times than not, when I'm down in, in my slump or I'm having a bad day or maybe I've, I've messed up and I've got this attitude that maybe I shouldn't have, those times I need somebody to look at me and say, you know what, God's faithful and if you'll repent of it, if you'll straighten your mind up, if you straighten your attitude up, the same God that loved you and sent his son to die on a cross for you is faithful to love you still. You with me? In the same way, whenever I'm beat down and I'm disgusted, and I'm just using me because I don't want to talk about you, but, but whenever we're beat down and we're broke down and we're disgusted and we don't understand, God, why you've not moved, why you're not doing this, why you're not doing that, and you feel so forgotten, like we talked about that seed season, the soil season where you feel like you've been planted and you, you just feel like you've been lost and forgotten. I need somebody to reach down in the dirt where I'm at and say, you know what, hold on, little seed, hold on, little potential, because the farmer that planted you is a faithful God, and he's going to come back to you. He hasn't forgotten you do you hear me this morning we don't declare the faithfulness of the Lord Psalm 89 8 says oh 
Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. It is the very definition of who God is. He is a faithful God. I want to give you three quick thoughts in the next few minutes. I promise it'll be brief on what faithfulness is. The first one actually is what faithfulness is not. Faithfulness is not an emotion. Just like many of these other characteristics of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, God doesn't choose by his emotion, by the way he feels, by how bad I may disappoint him or how bad I may impress him, good I may impress him. He doesn't choose to be faithful to me and you. Faithfulness, your faithfulness to your spouse, your faithfulness to the Lord, God's faithfulness toward us has nothing to do with the way that we feel. True faithfulness of God has nothing to do with the way that we feel. 89, uh, Psalm 89, 30 through 34 says, If his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgment, if they break my statues but do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgressions with the rod and their iniquities with stripes. Therefore, we can make God angry. He says, if his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, I'll punish their transgressions with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. So we can establish the fact that we're going to change God's emotion by the way that we act, by the things that we do. Do you agree? Why would he choose to punish me if I've not done something that was wrong? We can change his emotion, but the very next line says, Nevertheless, my love and kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. Though I can change God's emotion toward me, though I can change the way that he feels about me or about something that I'm doing, his word tells me that his faithfulness toward me is going nowhere. His loving kindness toward me is going nowhere. So why is it that our faithfulness depends so much on our emotions? We live in a world, in a society where you, you look at just marriage as an example that has been belittled and it's like, well, if you're not happy, just go sign a piece of paper and it can be over. And truly, many times that decision's based on an emotion. And so the, the world that we live in has created this idea that faithfulness is a fly by the seat of your pants ever how you feel the day that you wake up and whichever side of the bed you want to get up on determines how your day is going to go and not only are you going to be faithful to the people around you but how your faithfulness to God is going to go. Faithfulness is not an emotion. You look at Jesus when he went into the temple and he looked at the corrupt business that was taking place, the place that was supposed to be a house of worship, a place that people were supposed to be bringing their sacrifices and offering up their sacrifices. And he walks in and, and they're willing and dealing and they're buying and selling their sacrifices, trying to purchase their way into heaven, trying to purchase their way into the presence of God. It angered Jesus. Jesus was frustrated. He, he literally went in and he overturned the temple. He, he drove them out. In his anger, he did this. Yet later, down the road, he still carried a cross up a hill and died for those people. It was not based on an emotion. 
When Jesus went to, to Mary and Martha and they sent for him and Lazarus was dead in the tomb, this, the, the Bible tells us that Jesus wept. And we, we talked many times about whether Jesus wept out of sadness or sorrow, but if we really study that down deep, Jesus was actually frustrated. He was almost bitter. He was almost angry with them because they doubted, because they had the, the lack of faith that they had. And so he, he still, you know the story, he said, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus rose up. And, and even though they pushed him and they pushed him, Jesus, he stinks. You're too late now. You should have been here earlier. You know that was frustrating. You, you know that was aggravating. Or whether it was sorrow, whether it was sadness, Jesus was not moved in his faithfulness to give Lazarus life based on his emotion. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's, he's crying out to God. He's pouring out his heart. Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass away from me, but not my will, but your will be done. He was disgusted by the idea of what he, he was about to do to follow the will of the Lord. But because of the will of God and him being faithful to his Father, being faithful to the will of God, the emotion, what he felt, the struggle he dealt with, did not change what he did. Faithfulness is not based on an emotion. Not only is faithfulness not based on an emotion, faithfulness cannot be decided in a moment's decision. There are stories, and maybe you have one, of seeing your spouse and being love at first sight and you running off all of a sudden to get married and you live many, many, many years later together and happy and faithful to each other. But more times than not, when a decision is made to become husband and wife, that decision should be taken with some seriousness. Do you agree? Because we're making a decision that by the word of God is a covenant between a man and a woman to become one forever. So if I say, hey, I feel like just because I had a good lunch and I'm feeling pretty good and I got a lot of energy, I had a good cup of coffee, I think 50 years from now we'll be all right. I think we're going to get married. There is zero faithfulness in that decision. The Lord may be gracious and I may have a fantastic heart, and I may be able to succeed in being faithful in that marriage 50 years from now. But really, there was zero consideration for the faithfulness that was going to have to be given day in and day out in that relationship. Right? Typically, when a woman and a man desire to be married, the man... Should, I guess if the situation permits, it's traditional that he would go and talk to the father of the bride. And the father of the bride, I believe I would probably be pretty harsh. I'm gracious that my father-in-law was not. But where's the question of how are you going to be faithful to my wife when you don't feel good about her anymore? If he'd asked me that, I'd have crawled up under the car. 
He said, how are you going to provide for her? What are you going to do? How are you going to, you know, do you really love her? How do you know you love her? How do you know you need to marry her? He asked those types of questions. But if he done went down deep and said, tell me how you're going to be faithful to her when you wake up and it ain't the same, her breath might stink or your breath might stink or her hair is a, a little chicken scratch. I'm talking about you now, not me. He didn't say that. And I'm just getting started in this thing. I know that. Mike and I celebrated eight years last month. But even in just them eight years, there's faithfulness that is involved in that relationship. And those of you that have been married for years and years and years, you could sit and tell me story after story after story, and I could glean from that wisdom of how there's something a whole lot deeper than a feeling that directs that marriage. And not only is it deeper than an emotion, but it's not a decision that's made in a moment. Our choice to be faithful to our spouse is a decision that's made constantly. Sure, on the day that I said I do and the day I agreed to those vows, I committed myself to be faithful. That was a moment in time when I said I do commit myself to be faithful to this one woman. I'm going to be faithful to her. But it didn't stop there. And even a non-Christian understands to an extent faithfulness. The interesting part of that is God is faithfulness. So a non-Christian don't even understand the, the buddy of mine that I asked, hey, why don't you go home and cheat on your wife? He said, nah, because I don't want to. It ain't right. He don't even know why he don't want to. But why he don't want to is because there's a drive inside of us to be faithful. The flesh would want to rise up and would want to change it, but there's a drive inside of us, and the decision has to be made constantly to say, you know what, man, you know what, flesh? No, I'm going to be faithful. And sometimes it's easier to say that to your spouse than it is to God. Everybody sees your relationship with your spouse. Your wife sees your relationship with her. Your husband sees that relationship. But your relationship with God, your relationship with the Heavenly Father, who is so, so, so faithful to you, nobody really gets to see the direct connection between you and the Lord. All they see is the fruit of that faithfulness. It's not easy to remain faithful to the Lord. But to do it, we have to understand. It's not a decision that's made in a moment's time. Psalm 119, 89 and 90 actually says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. So if my faithfulness is simply a result and a product of God's faithfulness, and God's faithfulness extends to all generations, that don't mean that my faith gets to stop. It doesn't mean my faithfulness 
toward him, toward people, toward any relationship I have, gets to stop. His faithfulness towards you and me extends to all generations forever. And this is the example for us. God's calling us to live faithful lives. Not only faithful in a marriage relationship, not only to be faithful with each other as brothers and sisters of Christ, which is a thing. It's my responsibility as your brother to be faithful to you, to be honest, to be true with you. Opinions may differ every once in a while, but when we get down to the heart of who God is and the love that God has for you and me, we're to be faithful with each other. But also, God's calling us to renew our faithfulness to him. He's calling us to be faithful to the world. So that's a weird statement. Well, I don't know what you were called to do, but I was called to go and make disciples and to reach the lost. And if I'm not doing my best to live my life for that, am I being faithful to the call of God on my life, but also am I being faithful to the world, to the lost that God's called me to reach? Am I cheating them? Am I giving them the half-heartedness side of me? Or am I faithful like God was faithful towards you and me? That while we were sinners, while he was carrying mine and your weight in the garden, when he didn't feel like it, his decision to be faithful to God had been made way, way beyond ever making it to the garden. If it had been made in that instant, it would have been over. But he was committed to you and me. How committed are we? How faithful are we? Would you stand with me? You nor I deserve the faithfulness of the Lord. Scripture tells us that it can't be earned. We were undeserving. But understanding that God is faithfulness as an example, our lives should be product of that. And if he gives his faithfulness to you and me, And you and I have an example to give our faithfulness to each other, but to him. As the bride of Christ, as the, the church being the bride, and Jesus one day coming back as the groom to 
join with us coming back to get his bride, to take us up into eternity. No different than we comprehend and understand the faithfulness between a man and a woman married together. God's called us to be faithful to him in the same way. We have hope. We believe that he's going to return for us. That's the point of salvation. Is that we're saved from an eternity and hell, right? That's the point. So we make that decision. We make that commitment. We accept Christ into our life. And then it turns over to faithfulness to remain faithful to him. And it doesn't happen because we feel like it. Well, because it always feels good or it always feels bad or something else feels good or bad, making us turn from him. Our faithfulness, following the example of God's faithfulness towards you and me, is what carries us through. It's what drives us to win people to Jesus. It's what drives us to put on a, a week like we've had that, that may wear us out and, and may tire us out. But to see kids come to know Jesus for the first time, to be faithful to that drive, to be faithful to that call, to be faithful to the lost, to win them, to, to show them the love of Jesus. Our faith is deep. But when was the last time we looked at somebody and says, God's faithful towards you? I want to make it a commitment of mine that when I look at somebody and say, God loves you, God is good, Jesus loves you, to look at them and say, He's faithful. You may have come from a really bad place. But the God that created you, that sent his son to die for you, is faithful. He didn't turn his back on you because you made him disappointed. He didn't turn his back on you because of an emotion that you caused or an emotion you had. He didn't make that decision right now in a moment when things were going good and things were well. He didn't make that decision then to be faithful to you. He was faithful to us long before we ever even had a clue God existed. Way back when the Spirit hovered over the deeps, He was faithful. Let's pray together. Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that, Lord, you've given us a perfect example of who you are and the faithfulness that we're supposed to produce for other people, the faithfulness we're supposed to produce for you, God. God, and we understand this morning that our faithfulness is not built on an emotion. It can't be made in a split-second decision. So this morning, God, we commit ourselves to begin this journey of faithfulness. We make a commitment together as a family this morning to decide from today forward we're going to do our best to produce faithfulness, God, not only for other people, Lord, but a faithfulness towards you. God, with the faithfulness that you have toward us, the, the faithfulness that though we may fall, Lord, we can rise up. 
the faithfulness that you have toward us that when we were undeserving sinners, God, you sent your son out of love for us to bring us back to you. Lord, we commit to finding that kind of faithfulness for you this morning. Church, would you just take a minute and make that personal? Thank God for his faithfulness over your life. Thank him that it's not an emotional faithfulness, but it's a faithfulness that is steadfast and forever, that it reaches to the heavens, it covers the earth. And then can you just make that commitment to him this morning? If you're ready to commit to producing faithfulness in your life. Father, we commit ourselves to you. Lord, to every morning when we wake up, do our best to strive for faithfulness. To be faithful towards you throughout our walk. To be faithful toward the people around us. Father, I thank you. I praise you.